Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, yes, it is podcast time. Jerry Recco went home ill today, so Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Good morning, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Oh, yeah. I know sometimes you go through the uh, podcast that Jerry and I do and you look for uh, fun drops and things. Did you hear Whimsy bit my face? Uh, I did. Yeah. Was that alarming to you when you heard my uh, greyhound dog, who I uh, smush on the face all the time, and I, I kiss up on her, and I'm always like... Uh, blanketing her mm-hmm. and hugging her. Yeah. The one day I brought her in, I wiped her feet, which I've touched her feet before plenty right. of times, no issue. I wiped her front paws. I leaned over the top of her to dry her back paw, mm-hmm. and she turned up and boom, right in the lip. Yeah, well, it could be that her back foot had like a little pebble in it or something. It was hurt. You never know. Yeah. And that that's, you know, they are... At the end of the day, animals. Exactly. And you can, as are we, but you you can always predict what they're going to do. I feel like a lot of people can predict what they're going to do. Like, yeah. I, there's a lot of people whose dogs don't bite them. Yes, but not like 100% of the time. Like, every behavior, you exactly know what's going to happen. I feel, I feel like with a puppy, like, if you raise a dog from a puppy, mm-hmm. it's not going to bite you. Yeah, it would have to be some some extraordinary circumstances. But I will tell you this, when uh, I'm walking Raymond, and he is very excitable, and he likes to pretend like he's a tough guy when he sees other dogs, um, especially early in the walk before he's tired. And when I, I short chain him, but he still, he leaps and he pirouettes, and I have to constantly like rotate my arm to not get the leash tangled up. And there are times... Because he likes to bite his leash. Like, I don't know if he thinks that's going to somehow give him control. Yeah, he's going to break free. Or break free or something. And there are some times when he's got me on the fingers. I mean, that wasn't his intent to do that. But, uh, yeah, it it does happen. And if you try to break up a, a, a real fight, between dogs, you could definitely get bit for sure. So you just, you never know. But it's weird how they go into animal mode and you can oh, yeah. see it in their eyes. Yes, there is a change that comes upon them when they're dealing with whatever has captured their attention as opposed to when they're dealing with you and their usual 
as they say, puppy dog eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it was very alarming. Yeah, it is. But um, again, it's not something that I'm sure, like you said in the podcast, she was remorseful. She was, yeah. Um, you know, but uh, it, it it happens. Which is also an interesting emotion that you can get from a dog. Yes. Remorse. Right. And we might be anthropomorphizing a bit, but I I, I feel it's a real thing. I do too. Mm-hmm. But she'll do that too, like the dogs, like if they're... Like, she's decided she no longer can go down the stairs at Gina's house Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, so I have to carry her down. But at my house, she goes down the stairs. I have a landing, though, in between. And are the uh, her her steps are not open back, right? No. Right. And she's gone up and down them for three years. Yeah. But when she decides she's not going to go down them, she looks remorseful and sad and like she's done something wrong. Yeah. And then I pick her up and she's just like dead weight, like, oh. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I know. <laughs> right, you're yeah. you're walking a dog around yeah. that you're picking up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these dogs are crazy. But I noticed when I, when because I, I was also uh, a cat owner. Oh, you were. Um, yeah, before we had we started raising pups for the seeing eye, we had cats, and when we had our first uh, few seeing eye uh, dogs, we had four cats. Uh, so you have four cats in your home, and you decide. What we should do is train yes. seeing eye dogs. Yeah, exactly. But actually, that's very good for a seeing eye pup to be exposed to that because a blind person may have a cat or may be married to someone with a cat or something like that. Or you just don't want them being distracted by cats. Correct, correct. Exactly right. So that was a great thing for them. And also, since they were the pup coming in, the cats were in control. Raymond... Now, if I brought a cat in, I would fear for the cat's life. <laughs> um, I think Raymond is for sure a dog that would have to be introduced at a very young age. Yeah. Uh, because now it's just they're another prey animal, like a squirrel or a bird or anything else, and he would go after them. But I feel uh, like a cat could defend itself against uh, a dog. To a point. To a point. Like with those claws? <laughs> like if it had its claws. Like if you brought a uh, cat in that mm-hmm. was declawed, no shot. Yes, well, it would have, and the cat would have to get him early and like right on the nose or on the face or something, and then he would be like, "Oh, okay." Um, it, it, it's possible, you know, but it would take work, and I would never a hundred percent trust just because I know, you know, those the terriers—they're hunters, they're hunter killers. That's what they were bred to do, so that's what they do. I feel like like my dog is uh, killed a squirrel once. Mm-hmm. And she has that in her if she wants to. Sure. But I still feel like on the street, a street fight, cat versus my dog, my dog's losing. Mm. Well, because also the, you're going to have, well, are you holding the leash at the time? Yeah, holding the leash. Yeah, then that's going to be not a big fair. disadvantage for the dog. Well, I, I do think if my dog ever got into a fight with a cat, oh. I would let go of the leash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to give it, make it a fair fight. Well, I, I would say I wouldn't want the cat to die. So I would... Um, and of course, Cooper and Quail—they're—they're they're labs. They're not gonna—they're not gonna kill a cat. Um, but Raymond, yeah, he—he he might. So I'd be afraid. I have a different a few things where I feel like I would drop the leash. One, a dog fight. Yes, and for I sure. and 100%. I don't want any weird disadvantage. Two, I'm being attacked, and I want her to either attack or get away so she doesn't get beat yeah. up as well. Mm-hmm. 
or she could run and get help like Lassie would do. Yes, correct. Which I don't know if she would do or not. Say so you drop the leash and she runs to the chicken bone you passed. Right, two miles exactly. Back. I'd be great. This is when I need you to run to the police and let them know and then run back so they follow you back where the trouble is. Mm-hmm. By that point, I'd be laid out on a sidewalk yeah, be, somewhere. be over. Yeah, but I, yeah, I noticed that like uh, dogs are more, like when they're on a leash, it's uh, a, a more restrictive thing for them and they know it. Yes. They know they're they're at a disadvantage. And also, uh, a dog reactions to each other um, on leash is always worse than, if it's going to be, if there's going to be an issue. Yeah. It, like, dogs off leash, it's going to rarely devolve into a real fight. Off leash, they, they in the yard or whatever they run around or in a dog park, they figure that hierarchy stuff out pretty quick, usually within about... 30 seconds it's like they both growl maybe there's a nip or two and then it's over it's like okay you're the boss exactly and then let's play and that's always better uh interactions always better off leash yeah changing of topics here you're a books on tape kind of guy yes very much very much so and i know jerry uh says that's not reading and he poo-poos it or not poop boos it. He says it's not the same. And and you know what? I agree with him. That it's not, you're not reading the book, but you're consuming you're, the Correct. You're material. getting the story, the same thing. And of course, I can read and all that you stuff. You can, yep. Um, but I, especially with, especially with older works, um, where some of the, you know, idioms or usage of language are different, or if there's a lot of character names that are maybe foreign names, to have a an actor, a voice actor, pronounce pronounce it for you and understand the inflections or any little you know humor that has to be delivered, which you may not get from reading, especially the first time. Yeah, uh, I do find Jerry is correct. It is it is easier, and it is quote it's not reading obviously, but. It is easier to consume it when you have a voice actor who knows the material than just reading it yourself. I, I, when I first heard Jerry say that, I was like, no, that's not right. And then I was reading something uh, over the holiday, one of uh, Dickens' other Christmas stories, other than A Christmas Carol, which everyone knows. But he wrote many other Christmas stories, four other longer form. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is thick. It was tough to get through, like as far as the uh, well, language. It was, it, yeah, it was just I, I hadn't really tried to read a story. I read like articles about you know uh, whatever deep dive on Wikipedia and reading facts about this or that. That's different. Um, but ha- trying to read a story, especially one that was written, you know, whatever eighty years ago, um, it was more difficult than I thought it would be. And that's when I was like, you know what, Jerry's a hundred percent right. It's not reading, and it's it is an easier way out. But, but if you for, if you were in a casual conversation with somebody, let's say there was um, let's say uh, what is the book you're reading right now? Uh, it is uh, something called uh, the Murderbot Diaries. The Murderbot Diaries. Let's yes. say you get through that. Yes. And there's a conversation, and uh, Boomer and Geo are talking. I go, hey, have you read this Murderbot Diaries? And Boomer's like, oh, it's really awesome, Geo. Mm-hmm. You'd love it. And Geo goes, yeah, I have read it, actually. It was really good. Eddie, have you read that? What would you say? Like, 
I, I might offer. Well, I say I listen to. I'm you know I'm I'm a book on tape and I'm listening. But like if someone says you know have you read it and it's doesn't necessarily like the situation isn't right or to bring up. It's that quick. I They're going quick. Yeah, I, I I think it's okay to say you've yes. read it. I agree with that. Uh, I don't think you're trying to pull a fast one. You're right. Just you, trying to... You're just adding, you're not adding details that are unnecessary. Correct. Because you could have a conversation about the book because mm-hmm. you've consumed it. Correct. And, but now that uh, I, uh, I've sort of tried to, and it's been a while since I've actually tried to read something, and especially something older like that uh, with the language is a little different. Uh, it, it's definitely easier to consume it as an audiobook for sure. Uh, Spotify just started uh, maybe a month or two ago with their premium service, which I have, mm-hmm. which you where you don't get commercials. They have some books on tape. Mm. They don't have it, new releases really. They have some new releases on tape that's part of your subscription. Other things, if you want to pay extra to get a new book, but they have a bunch of classic books on there. Um, not just old, old books, but, you know, classic books from three years ago. You and know, you don't th- have to pay extra. You don't have to pay extra. So uh, a couple times I've tried it out. I have such a hard time focusing on a book. Just like I have a hard time focusing on play-by-play of a game, but I don't have a hard time focusing on a conversation in a podcast or on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. Well, mm-hmm. well it's... Now you... I, I was going to say you're not following a story, but I'm sure on podcasts, it's they're telling stories. Yeah. But then again, there's two people, and the other person is saying, "Well, what was that? Explain yeah. that to me." So it's not like characters and plots that you have to follow for hours. Yeah. Because you know, some audiobooks, a lot of them are over ten hours long. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, and, when they used to come out on uh, on tape or on CD, and you'd mm-hmm. see this big box set, and it yeah, was a yeah. book. Yes. But, you know, that's like the when I listen to the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy and I always listen to The Hobbit before that, that's 66 hours <laughs> of material. That's ponderous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's you have to sort of how I eased into it. Uh, I, on, I At first, I would only listen to books that I had already read. And then I started listening to things that I hadn't read and that seemed to help me um, get into the habit of, of listening and follow. And then Jerry tells you all the time when he used to see me or if he does see me driving, like especially in a story, I used to and like he'd be trying to wave and I'd be zoned. I am very intent on listening. Yeah. Do you but find it, yourself where losing track sometimes and going, what? Oh man, yes, I, I was like, but, daydreaming or thinking about something I had to do today? Right. I, I Yes, of course. Because uh, if there's, um, like, I'm driving up the parkway and, oh, crap, the exit to route, what is it, 22? That yeah. we take, it's closed. I have to go up. 100% I'm going to, because I have to now think and where, you know, it's, a, it's not my usual pattern. And But on my Honda and probably many other cars, there's a little back 30 seconds button. So, if I find my mind drifting, if I'll just peripherally see something and it'll trigger something else in my brain, I'll just then I'll go back and yeah. listen. Um, which again, that is another thing that is easier to do listening than when you're actually reading. You're not having to flip 
back pages and right. pick up where you lost your train Right, of but a, a similar thing does happen when you're reading. People always say, oh, I had to go back and read that page three yes. times. I was thinking about right. what I have to do at work tomorrow. Or something, sometimes a word or a phrase or a situation in the story will trigger something in your mind that, oh, that relates to your life or what have you. Yeah. What about for, uh, like, play-by-play on the radio? Uh, if I am in... If the game is, like, if I'm really into the game and intent on, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen, it's not a problem. If it's just on, because, oh, you know, I'm driving up uh, back from Maryland, up 95, uh, coming back from visiting my sister-in-law, I'll be listening. But it's there, and it's like, you know, and the and I've been in radio long enough, and probably even uh, radio listeners who listen to play-by-play all the time, you can kind of tell when, you know, the announcers get more jacked up and you kind of focus in. Um, so, but uh, for a lot of time, it's there in the background. Then I'll be like, then focus in when I hear the the pitch of the announcer's, you know, voice go up or what have you. Yeah, I have a hard time with play-by-play, especially, you know, maybe in football, if it's the last two minutes of the game, I can that I can mm-hmm. focus in on. But if I just put on like a... Let's say like this weekend, Texans Ravens. If if I'm in the car when that game's getting started, I, I will put it on, but I will have no idea what. Like I will not be paying. My mind will wander. Yeah, I, yeah. It's not if I want to pay attention, uh, it's fine. I I will, and it'll be okay. But uh, other times, if it's just sort of oh, it's nice to fun to have a you know a baseball play by play on the on the radio yeah. in the summertime. You're driving somewhere. That, that that's fine. It's almost just like a having a song on. Yeah, and it's funny. Like, I could put, like, sports talk radio on and not have to concentrate on it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great thing to have on in the background that you hear some. You, you Sometimes your mind wanders. Sometimes you take a phone call. But I would never do that with a podcast. I feel like with a podcast, I have to f- be focused on it. Mm-hmm. And I also think, too, because a podcast or a book is following a you know, it's it's a, it's a there's a finite amount of time mm-hmm. in the conversation, where with the way radio is, because people are dipping in and out, it's it's a, a free flowing conversation that you can dip in and out of and not right. feel like what are these guys talking about? Right. I what did I miss? And yeah. Because like, one caller is telling a story and then another caller has a different story, so yeah. it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, and it, right, and it's also not going to be something you're going to solve. So it's like with the coaching situation in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. without anything happening, there can be constant talk about Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh, but there's no solution anyway, where if you were listening to a podcast, it might be about something that has a solution right. that you're getting to. Well, right, correct. Now, this came up on Rogan's podcast. I don't know who he was talking to, but they were talking about books on tape. And they said... Would it be better if, because normally it's just one person reads the book, mm-hmm. right? If there was a female voice for female uh, and different voices for different characters, would that be better or not? Uh, I've listened to both types. There are oh, they have some like there that? are dramatizations. Yeah, yeah. Which sometimes some things are written just for that. So it's an audio book, but it's, you know, not like a book book. And it's more like a radio play or uh, then they'll or they'll take a book and they'll have a dramatic 
a whatever that word a is. A dramatic there. reading. Yes. But it'll have multiple characters and sometimes it'll even have sound effects and this Yeah, and that. something like that. Yes. So that does that does exist. Uh almost always those are slightly abridged. So it's not the full text. And if it's a book, they may ha- actually, you know, change some things more substantially. I mean, the essence is still the same. For me, I prefer just a straight read. And if you have a good voice actor, he does the different voices and it's, you know, you don't even notice it. But he wouldn't do like if if it was a man reading, he wouldn't be like a and then Mary responded, "What are you doing?" Well, they no, they not that bad, but there are def for sure they 100% do their version of a female voice really or, or a female uh, uh um actor would do the male voice it happens all the time another thing i hear a lot of people saying is for an autobiography mm-hmm. they don't like if somebody else reads the book other than the person who wrote it or even if it's not an auto for non-fiction so a non-fiction book they like the person who wrote it to read it and if it's someone like I've listened to, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. The the uh, the big atheist, uh, one of the big atheist talkers, who's uh, Richard Dawkins, something like, I forget. I'm I'm blanking on the name. He's a British guy, and I've listened to his uh, uh, some of his books, and he's reading them. But he's also a public speaker. Yes. So it's different. You may have someone who really is incapable. Or it would take them four months to get through it with editing and this and that. So I, I understand if it's, you know, it's not always possible. It's preferable. Yeah. And uh, and also to have an author read his own story, which uh, I don't know, you're probably not familiar. Neil Gaiman is a uh, big fantasy slash science fiction, more fantasy slash horror Um and he is a great speaker, and he reads his books, and that's the best because he knows everything. It's not even like he's in a voice actor who maybe talked to the author, and this that's his stuff. So that's much better. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, I saw Britney Spears just did a, a book, and she had a, like a famous actress do it mm-hmm. instead. Imagine like if you're working for the people that are, you know, doing the recordings for books on tape. Mm-hmm. And you know that the actual person who wrote it's coming in. You got to be like, oh, we're going to be here forever. As opposed to a professional reader. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got to be long days. Yeah. I remember when Craig Carton wrote his book and he went in to do it, books on tape. Mm-hmm. Those were days when he showed up with no voice because he was hours it would take. Right. But again, Craig talks for a living on radio and TV. Yeah. So, you know, he's got a leg up. And he was always good, like, even just recording commercials. He was one take and out. One take. Absolutely. Some people, not one take. Now, on your car, do you have the ability to back up quickly or easily? Yeah. You don't even have to touch. See, mine. No, touch. I have to touch the screen. I see mine's right on my uh, whatever you call it. Oh, steering wheel. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you know, I don't don't think mine is. I can jump tracks, but, but like, in the middle of, say, a chapter of a book. It'll go back too far. Yeah. See, mine, it goes back 30 seconds. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's key. It is. Another thing, when I there was a book I'm interested in, I guess, that came out not long ago. I think it's called The Dopamine Effect. Mm-hmm. It's a, 
it's nonfiction. So I was like, oh, let me see if that's part of my Spotify. And it is not. I'd have to pay extra for it. But in searching for it, it came up a a book summary of that book. Hmm. 32 minutes long, I think it is. So it's like watching the highlights. Yeah, it's like watching the highlights. And I'm in the process. Of, I, I'm a, I was pretty close to work when I popped it on this morning, so I didn't get that far. But I'm curious what, how that is compared to, like, will I get out of almost like the Cliff Notes version from mm-hmm. when we were in school. Now, are you're an Amazon Prime person. Yeah. Now, does I don't know if that automatic, I don't think it actually gives you Audible, uh, no. which is owned by Amazon now. But um, I, I'm a Prime member, and I'm an Audible member. But there, and I don't know if this is only for Prime members. I don't think so. I think if you are just an Audible member, there are a lot of books, a lot of older books that are free, 100% free. Some new things, a lot of older things, or a lot of shorter things that are free on Audible. So they're surviving by uh, new books on tape. Yes, and I think uh, I get I I get I accrue a credit which is about 12 bucks a credit a month. Um, and so, and it's, it's automatic, you know, yeah. so it's charged every month. And right now I have three credits because of oh, some of those old Dickens books, those were free. And some of these, these newer murder bot ones, they're short. The first couple are short, like only three plus hours. And those were free. So I haven't spent the credits. So, and, and usually You'll see a book, it'll be, you know, $20 or $19 or one credit. So if you're an Audible member and you have the credits, it's cheaper. I see. And then I also have to look at the price. If something's only $7, I'm not going to use a credit on it. <laughs> right, it's better for you to pay for it. Correct. And that just comes off your Amazon, yeah. link to your Amazon card. Yeah, I feel like I should get into books on tape because I... I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Now, do you when when I listen to podcasts now, I've I've gotten to the point where I could listen at one and a half speed. Do you do that with books on tape at all or are you uh, listen to straight? I, I I no, regular speed. Regular speed, yeah. I would not want to to listen to a book that way. Podcast, yes. Yeah. Book, no. Especially some podcasters speak slower or mm-hmm. guests speak slower. It yeah. actually speeds it up nicely. And I wish I could there was a way to to listen to you know, the this podcast. At one and a half for editing purposes, but on that editor, I've looked a hundred times. Ah, oh, I can't. On the editor. I can't do it. I would. I would definitely do that at one. And right. Half. But you know, on that old Adobe program, yeah. Audition, can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like to hear what I sound like sped up. Mm-hmm. I right now I'm at one and a half speed. I feel like it'd be difficult to move. Faster than that. Yeah, and what I could do, I could change the whole like, but I would have to change the whole pitch, and it would change. It would like you know, it would uh like um, it would sort of copy and edit the file. Yeah, it'd be pain in the ass. And then if I wanted to clip something, I'd have to re. Oh, yeah, too much, too much work. No. All right, Eddie, let's do the warm up show. Yes, we have no idea whether Jerry will be here tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna guess no. Yeah, same here. I'm leaning no. Yeah, so I will probably be joining you tomorrow. All right, in tomorrow's podcast. Oh, and for the warm-up, yeah, we don't know. We don't know, yeah. It, it could be CeeLo. It could be a Schwartz situation. A Billy Jockalone now that he's Billy in the Jock-a-lone, mix. Although he's going to be busy between five and six. Oh, okay. But, uh, I cannot do a solo uh, no, warm-up show. No, Ooh, you can't. That would be a rough one. 
He yes, but uh, we'll 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 work it out. All right. Until then. See you. So. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, Wacky Wednesday, what's up? Couple minutes after 5 o'clock, life is good. The Eddie Skazarian, nice to see you, and across from me, Al Blake Dukes on a fabulous day. What's up? Good morning, Jerry, on this uh, Wednesday. I I like a morning where there wasn't a game we have to break down. Well, the Rangers did win. They beat the Kraken. Uh, Yeah, because I got to be honest with you, I'm not good at breaking down games. You're kidding. I like, I see a game, and I'm like, all right. (laughs) <laughs> I understand. You know what I mean? I like, get it. I feel like it, it, everything th- gets broken down 24-7. Everyone's got a take. If I could yes, just Jerry. offer some advice if you ever want to do that. Yeah. Step one, watch the game. Right, let me write this down. <laughs> <laughs> let me write this down, Jerry. I think you start there, uh-huh. and then you might have a better idea. <laughs> you have to gain opinions. How you can discuss the game. When you see things. What might have happened in the game. All right. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a fair criticism. When you get there, let me know. We'll go to step two. Okay. I did watch, uh, <laughs> I do watch the NFL uh, playoffs. Yes. As long as it's not a night game during the week. <laughs> and then it's highlights. And then it's highlight package. I understand. I highlight got package it. time, Jerry. Yep. The one bad thing about, you know, I always talk about how great the YouTube highlight package is. Yeah. It's it's like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. between 12 and 15 minutes, and it's really got almost every play. Almost. But the, it's edited together so quickly that the announcer starts to say something Correct. interesting that is going to help you help you uh, take in what you just saw, and it's cut off. Like <laughs> Troy, I know. Yeah, it's like Troy Aikman would be like, oh, well, then this is why, broop, right to the next one. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like, true. Mm, I kinda they give like... you the plays, not yeah. the commentary. Correct. Yep. And sometimes they don't give you a play that was called back for a dumb penalty. For that, sure. That, that was a big factor in the game. And then you're wondering why. They were just on the 42. Why are they back on the 25 now? Yeah, or I like know. a team scores. Another team gets the ball on the 20. The next highlight, they're at the goal line. Right. Like, Show me the... Uh, there had to be one big play that got them there. So while as good as it is, it's got its flaws. It does have its flaws. Yes. Jerry, I have a feeling the freaking Atlanta Falcons are going to come away with a top coach. Well, they already interviewed two of them. That's what I mean. They're not fooling around. That's why if you're the Eagles or the Cowboys, you better make a decision here like today. Bill Belichick met with them. Yep. Yesterday, Jim Harbaugh met with them. They're getting somebody big. 
you would think. Because I don't think these guys, those two dudes in particular, are wasting their time going somewhere where there's no shot. Do you? Do I agree you? with that. No, no, I agree with that. I think you take like the, if the Panthers called them. You, we haven't heard them interview with the no, Panthers. I don't even know if the Panthers called them to be quite honest. <laughs> Um, I think you're right. I think you take the interview that intrigues you, and then you see where it goes. I mean, Harbaugh interviewed for the Chargers, plus you got these reports he's trying. If he stays at Michigan, he wants all these assurances. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility he doesn't leave Ann Arbor. Um, And if he does, we'll see. And for Belichick, yeah, I mean, I suppose everyone seems to be on this Atlanta thing. To me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but... I, I guess it does because he did interview and they, they are in play. It doesn't make sense to me either. Like they're just they're just a weird team yeah. that kind of just exists in the NFL. Like I don't think of them ever. Do you think so? I mentioned the Cowboys and the Eagles because those are two teams that the head coach is still in question. I think um, because neither team has come out and said that McCarthy or Sirianni will be back next year to make the move. Though I mean, you can always get a head coach. How do you know you're going to get better, though? Like, that's the tricky spot you're in. I mean, I can't – I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're calling Belichick and, hey, Bill, on the side, what do you think before we move on from McCarthy? I don't I don't know how it works. Like, do you call the agent? Do you call the coach? Or do you just take a flyer that you're the Cowboys, you're the Eagles, and you're going to have coaches that want to come I, – I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If they call, does the uh, agent for Harbaugh sure. or Bill Belichick call and go, hey, I – been seeing these things about Nick Sirianni. Yeah, my guy's really interested. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a crappy business, though, isn't it? It is. And then the other weird thing is I don't hear much about, I don't hear Pete Carroll talking to anybody. No, no. Maybe he is just going to stay with the Seahawks in an advisory role. Yeah. Didn't sound like it at that press conference. Nor do I hear Mike Vrabel's name not yet. going in these other places. He will, though. Yeah. He will, but not yet. Man, something's got to happen this week, I hope, Jerry. It I'm will. feeling like... When I woke up this morning and I took to my um, Feedly news feed that I gather all of my news. Feedly. Feedly. They yeah. uh, gather news from all yep. different sources. I, I was looking for some sort of answers. Uh, and I was hoping to see a Belichick story, Jim Harbaugh story, Nick Sirianni story, Mike Vrabel story, Mike McCarthy story. I got nothing. Well, you you saw stories on them. There just wasn't much information. Yeah. Sirianni is going to meet with Jeffrey Lurie, I believe, today. The Joneses are not going to make their appearances this week. The Jones brothers? No, no. Jerry and his son. Oh, God almighty. Uh, Jerry and Steven, that's his son. Are Uh, you sure? He looks pretty old. Jerry's 82. So, yeah, Steven is not 30. He's probably in his mid-50s, I would say. Oh, okay. Uh, Wow. So, anyway, they will not appear on the fan in Dallas this week. So, something's happening. They're obviously doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um. Yeah, it is what it is right now. Things and, Har- are and, you, and there are stories about Harbaugh, just not anything that's telling us where he's going to be. He seems like a weird dude. Yes, very odd. Right? I agree. Yes, I agree. Like we, I was asking. Yeah, I was asking yesterday if Bill Belichick, if you think when he does these interviews, he speaks normally or does he mumble? And you, you said he. Speaks yeah, I think he's very normal. Very normal. Very. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh was like a space alien. I agree. I think Jim Harbaugh goes in, and you know. Mr. Harbaugh, how are you? Cornfields. What do you think about cornfields? <laughs> like, I think he's weird. I picture him, you know, when he's waiting for the GM, just sitting, staring straight ahead. <laughs> not scrolling through his phone, not looking at notes, just staring straight ahead until the GM's ready to see him. It could be. It's certainly, like, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. No, I'm just remembering. Oh, funny. Years ago, we had him in here. 
Do you remember? He no. Ca- he came in with a, a group of coaches. Okay. I don't remember this. Eddie, do you remember this? Jim Harbaugh was here with a group of coaches. We 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 had Lane Kiffin in here. Jim Harbaugh. New Heisel? Rick New Heisel. Why? Like for what reason? Uh, they were with the Pat was it were they Pac twelve at any point? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, of course to most people, not to me. <laughs> yeah, we they were here with the Pac twelve stuff. And then the, it was the dude from uh who coached that Miami at one point, older white haired guy. Jimmy Johnson. No. Erickson. <laughs> Erickson. I'm just kidding. Yeah, they were all here. How about that? I have a photo, but, oh, but yeah, it's and I remember maybe it was they were doing some sort of a media tour. Yeah, they were doing a media tour. Huh. And I remember Jim Harbaugh being a little weird, but there were so many other like Lane Kiffin was in the news for some reason right. at that time. So he's he always was, been in the news. <laughs> yeah, so he was like the focus. Yes. Okay. But yeah, I do remember like I I I you should put that photo out today. <laughs> put hey, it Jim out Harbaugh, today. good luck. Good luck, Jim. That's we right. remember you from many years That's ago. That's exactly right. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, so you mentioned earlier, Jerry, that uh, Jim Harbaugh, if he stays at Michigan, he's got some weird – he's trying to make some weird language in his uh, contract. This according to Mr. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports. Right. That says they can't fire him if uh, if NCAA investigations come out. And, reveals, and he's responsible. And reveals things that he would normally be fired for. Yeah. that Right there. I mean, if you're Michigan, what are we doing? You won the national championship. Move on. Let him go. <laughs> yeah, he's moving on this time. I don't think he's going back to Michigan. This Why would he like, want to? Yeah. There's some decent job openings that we know of in the NFL. And he really, I know he's been at Michigan, and I know he's a Michigan. I know all of that. But I still think, like, he wants to be in the NFL. Don't you? Yeah. He called in when he was the quarterback of the Colts. Okay. Jim Harbaugh. He he called into the Jim Rome show when Jim Rome was doing the smack off. Do you know what the smack off I is? I don't know. The smack off is uh, regular callers. You have to be invited into the smack off and okay. you, you call in and you just like trash people. Oh, nice. In a, in a creative way. Right. Like you trash other callers, you trash cities, you trash sports teams. All right. And he called in because he wanted to be involved in the smack off. <laughs> And he came on and he just goes, um, uh, yeah, hi, I, I just, I just want to hope everyone has a good day and, uh, yeah, it's good luck and just really wish the best for everybody. And that was it. And that was it. It was so bizarre. <laughs> oh, that's it. It was part of his bizarre behavior. Yeah. yeah, no, he's an odd guy. There's no question. That's why I thought it would have been fun with him here with the Jets a couple of years ago. Yeah. Now, we did also get word, Jerry, that uh, Mike Tomlin will be back. Yes. He told his people, Yes. Uh, so the story goes that he essentially told his uh, players and, I guess, ownership that he plans. I think it'd be season number 18. Wow. Yeah. Did you hear? Mike? Yeah. Uh, you know if Tomlin wants to be back, that he will be back in Pittsburgh. The question is, does he want to finally, which many coaches do, take a year off and just kind of, decompose a little bit <laughs> and be dead <laughs> whoops I mean decompress <laughs> now listen I'm the dumbest guy here that's a rough one. Oh my god <laughs> that's something dog might say <laughs> right you don't expect that from Mike Mike to say Mike Tomlin needs to take some time to de- we're all you know what the sad thing is Jerry we're all decomposing yeah we are a little bit at a time yeah. every day we decompose just a little bit and at one point Soon, 
hopefully later rather than sooner, yes. we'll, we will all be gone and we will all decompose. All completely decompose. Yeah. And Just we'll like Mike Tomlin. A distant memory. I hope... Uh, there you, go. you wanted news. Here's your news. Mike Tomlin died, was buried, and he started decomposing already. Oh, my God. <laughs> and now we'll be back with the Steelers. Oh, my God. Right. Uh, <laughs> For year 18. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm hoping uh, Bill Belichick doesn't take a year off to decompose. <laughs> or... Right. He's 72. Yeah. There's not much decomposing he can take. He's 72. Uh, the Seahawks dude is 72. Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll. Do you get the feeling like... We are all talking about this being an unprecedented year for free agent coaches. Yeah, yeah. And you, and then the Jets are, you know, kind of standing by yeah. their man. And you know, it's going to come back to haunt them again. It's yes. going to be like one of those. I said things. this yesterday. It's like of all years. So next year, if the Jets season doesn't go as according to plan, or if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt again, and they go. Seven and ten, or eight and nine, and Rob Sala—they've had enough of him after a year. What would that be? Four or five, whatever it would be. Um, then they decide to move on, and there's no good coaches available, right. and they got to go get someone from college or some coordinator where you don't know again, as opposed to all of these guys that are sitting here. And I like Rob Sala, I do. I'm not—I don't—I don't know if he's a good coach or not. I really don't because we haven't seen him seen him with a quarterback yet, and clearly his defense has been good. But you've got. Like, really good choices out there that are proven winners just sitting there. And this is the year they, quote-unquote, don't need a coach. Wouldn't it be cool for Pete Carroll to come back here? I think it would, too, yeah. That'd be neat. Come full circle, yes. Is it Was this his first head coaching job? I believe it was. Didn't he go to the Patriots after here, or did he come here from the Patriots? Now I'm confused. Didn't he go to the Patriots after here? Is that right? Because he was a young man when he was here. Yeah. So he was, a, he was a Boomer's. Yes. For one year. Or Boomer was his first quarterback as a head coach. Right. And then Coslin came in. Yeah. So that'd be cool to come back full circle. I, Finish up here in New York. It'd be right, cool. But the Jets have a coach. They have a coach already? They have a coach. They're hmm. good. And even like, you know, Dable won coach of the year. I think there are a lot of Giant fans out there that sit there and say, now, all right, what is Brian Dable? And I'm not all this crap that's going on behind. That's nonsense to me, but whatever. Um, they had a bad year this year. Yes, they didn't quit. They did play down the stretch. They did win some games. But I think there are a lot of Giant fans out there that went from, man, we got our guy and everything's stable now to, huh, is he the guy? And again, they're sitting there with this. I mean, you have Bill Belichick sitting there with ties to the Giants. But you don't need a coach. And then if you need one next year, who are you going to hire? Yeah, who's going to be out there? Right. You're going to go take the Chargers defensive coordinator? <laughs> Jerry, by then, Mike Kafka will be ready to <laughs> grab this team. Yeah, timing in life is everything, Al. It sure is. Mm-hmm. Same for sports. No doubt about it. You just think of, like, there's always, like, that list of quarterbacks over the decades that the Jets passed on. Like, they, they took somebody else that oh, was, sure. was sitting there. Yeah. And now you're going to get that with the coaches. Yes. And if, if it goes down, if the Jets have a lousy season, you'll you'll remember this as the year that the Jets passed on Hall of Fame coaches. Or didn't go for one. And I'll tell you, too, I would think the fact that the likes of Belichick and Carroll and Vrabel, just to name a few, are out there, Yeah, I think that makes the decision harder for what the Cowboys want to do. I would almost guarantee Jerry Jones wants to keep Mike McCarthy. He loves McCarthy. I do. You know, I really believe that. They've won 36 regular season games the last three years. Not easy to do. And I don't think he wants to make a coaching change. But horrendous collapse or no show on Sunday, and you've got these guys sitting there. And you know your team's close. I think it makes it harder. It just feels like the, the Cowboys 
collapse to me was one game, right? The Eagles, you look at six of seven games. Yes. That's a, that's a much longer. It's, it's bigger than that, as I said to you Monday. It's three seasons in a row. Their butt cheeks get tight, and they don't play well in big spots. It's also, if you want to look at this season, what was the knock on the Cowboys? They played lousy against good teams. Oh, right. The Niners kicked the crap out of them. The game in Buffalo, I thought, was embarrassing. I mean, we didn't talk about it too much because it was, well, you know, the weather in Buffalo. Ah, you forget about it. That's a bad game. I mean, the Steelers gave the Bills a hell of a lot more yesterday or Monday than the Cowboys gave them three weeks ago or four weeks ago. So there, it's more than just saying it's one game because there's there's actually a lot to point to that would throw up the red flags. The Eagles one is just, that is so yeah, they just died. Bizarre. I mean, the Eagles literally died. And now there's conversation. They should just tear it down and start over. Like, wow, with Kelsey gone, and they got a couple of uh, free agents that might not be back. So interesting times in the NFC East. So, did you see that some dude tried to, or did throw popcorn on Nick Sirianni as he was leaving the I field? Did. Yeah, I was in Tampa, on. idiots. You know what? But it was the Eagle fan. Eagle fan. By the, the way, I was in full Eagle gear. Speaking of the Bucks, when we yeah. come back. I will take you inside the press room. You guys wonder what goes oh, on, and we play clips all the time. We're going to set it up for you, and we'll go inside the Bucks press room the day after a big win over the awesome. Eagles. I kind of knew that, right, from a little hum. You sure did. 525, nice to have you with us. Uh, it is Alan Jerry. We take it to 6 o'clock. We've got Boomer and Geo then. So I said before the break, that we would take you inside the press room. So if anybody out there hasn't been, and I would imagine most of you haven't, been able to go to a MLB, NFL, NBA press conference, the way it works is you've got your beat writers, guys that are there every single day during training camp and exhibition games and practice days all through the season. Then you've got usually your local TV people that show up on game day and maybe Wednesday because the quarterback or maybe Thursday when the quarterback speaks and you get that the news at 11 sports, and so you get that. Then what happens when the team gets to the playoffs? A few more people swoop in, people that probably don't know the sport all that well. And then, God forbid, you win a playoff game, like your first one in 32 years. Everybody and their brother that owns a microphone or a camera needs a credential, which is fine. Except when that happens, and I, do, I don't fault this person because clearly I don't think she covers football on a daily basis, or at least I hope not. When you then hand out those credentials to people that don't belong there, really, and I haven't been there all season long, and they're just swooping in, you get 40 seconds that are really awkward, like this. Coach, you, you, uh, looking forward to So hold on, let me set it up again. This is in Detroit, or rather this is for the Lions and Bucks game. This is in Tampa. The head coach is uh, Todd Bowles, and here's the reporter. Coach, you, you, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and... We only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. But those 20 seconds, Coach, I mean, are they going to wear protective gear for those 20 seconds? You know what makes it worse? It's not like they're the Vikings that before the Metrodome 
like we've seen NFL films with them outside. Anything you ever watch of the Lions is Barry Sanders and the Pontiac Silverdome. Yep. It's not I she's uh, yeah. I know she's probably from Florida. I get it. But you got to just tell her, give her some help. No. Yeah, the fact that they let her go on and on for 40 seconds or however long it took her to get that question out and then he answered just, it going like this. He kind of gave it the Bill Belichick and we play indoors. Well, that's him. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's like, well, I guess. Uh, he didn't mock her. No, he didn't mock her. He gave her an answer. He just said, get her out of here. It was funny watching it, though, because yeah. about mm, 10 seconds in, you could see it clicked in his head that she thinks this game is outside. Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, should you play in Detroit? No, no, it's pretty much set. You are <laughs> playing in Detroit on Saturday or Sunday. And rather. it's indoors. Yes. <laughs> I mean, my God. Yeah, I love that one. That, I, between that and Mike's, uh, Francesca saying Mike Tomlin, Mike takes a year off to decompose. Those two sound clips from this morning. Yes. Oh, I just got to. All right. I got another one for you then. All right. Now, I hesitate to play this because I, and I don't, I, I guess it's not so bad because I don't know his name. I don't even know the teams. It feels fake to me, and even looking at the video, appears fake mm. to me. So this is a some sort of a junior league hockey game. I don't know if it's pro, college, I don't know, but it's not the NHL. And the announcer is calling the game. Now, there is video that goes with it, which is why I kind of, I don't know, I feel like it's phony to go viral because I don't see the vi- Theory being, puck gets deflected right at him. Okay. All right. Yet in the video, you don't see the puck anywhere. So I don't know. So I'll roll the tape. The rush. Pulls it back there, and now Murphy. Murphy throws the pass across. And that puck's going to go out of play here, and uh, that's going to do it for that sequence right there. 9.25 left. I apologize if I just uh, I just damaged your eardrums there. Just It went right over the mesh, right over my head. So, uh, oh my God. I just I apologize for that. I'm sorry. Everyone's, a uh, few people look at me. I'm fine. Just, I'm fine. Just... This is funny. That's fake. Oh, my God. As oh my I apologize God. for that one right there and for saying, oh, my God, I shouldn't be saying that. I'm sorry. Just, okay, I'm just trying to catch my breath here. Just, okay, just, all right. As we're back to this thing, rush here with it. That's ridiculous. Totally fake. I agree. Fake news. I, people Sad. send this to me. I'm like, come on. Yeah, no, that's fake. That, that's Terrible acting. I, I agree. Terrible acting I by agree. his part. But those are three good pieces of well, audio. Yeah, we, I do enjoy good, fun audio things. I Saw a woman uh, fighting workers at the Atlanta airport. I watched that one yesterday. That was a good one. Have you ever run into that in the airport? Like, I always feel very fortunate that I really have never had any issues at the airport where you see some of these things and you just... Yeah, I've not because I feel like... You fly private, you (laughs) you rich snot. No, but after 9-11... There's no screwing around at the but airport anymore. they do, anymore. though. I know, yeah. They do. But I feel like if you screw around at the airport and you even get into any type of argument, you're handcuffed first, questions later. You know what I mean? Maybe, but and, it still happens. And no no place else is like that anymore. Yeah. Now it's like criminals have the right of way. But, but we I, ain't fooling around with the air, air, Yeah, with the I feel like at the airport, and especially once you've checked in and you're and you... And you go through security, yeah. and now you're down in the area where the shops are and the restaurants. They got all your information. That is very you true. You ain't getting away with anything. And you're on video everywhere. Yeah, and you're not getting on the plane. That's true. And you now ruin the day in your trip. Correct. That is true. And yet it happens all the time. It does. Now, Jerry, since they play indoors in Detroit, as you just let us they know. They do. 
Uh, that game right now is the most expensive divisional round ticket ever. Okay. Because you're not dealing with any weather secondary market. Secondary market. Okay. It's Detroit. They haven't uh, played in the divisional round at home in forever. It's indoors. You're not dealing with the weather. You're playing a team you can probably beat in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. So I have the cheapest seat available, and then I have the average ticket. What's the average ticket going to be? Well, I can't do that until I know the cheapest ticket. All right. I'll say the cheap, the get in the door price. Yes, right now, get in the door price. Bucks, Lions, indoors. Get yourself out of that 13 degree weather that the woman in Tampa was talking about. 550, which is ridiculous. $700. 700, you're kidding me. $700 will get you in the door. Wow. And the average ticket is $1,186. Again, secondary market. Secondary market, yeah, because that game sold out. I mean, out. you've got – I know this is a big deal for people out there. Oh, yeah. But you're telling me a family of four is going to spend $5,000 on tickets and I think for this a football is a, game. Yeah, I think this is a situation where you and a buddy Oof. go and you each pay your own way. As a – yeah, as I mean, as to opposed what? to – Like, I'm not paying for you if we no, go. No, 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 as opposed to, like, you bringing your family where you got to foot the whole bill. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of families there. You know yeah. there will be. I know. How do people afford it? I don't know that they do. Plus, I don't know. Eminem might be there. He was there last time. Yeah, too. he was there last time. Yeah. Big Detroit guy. We got to get Eminem. We got to get Bob Seeger. Big Detroit guy. Oh, we got to Kid Rock. Yes. Jerry's a lot of celebrities coming out of Detroit. Boy, who's, Detroit's a hotbed, huh? Who's the, um, I know, Jerry, before the audience, who's the biggest name on the Detroit Lions? Got to get them out there. Um, I, You mean currently? Yeah, currently. Uh, there's a few. I would say Aiden Hutchinson. I would no Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool if he got. <laughs> I mean, Jared game. Goff is. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I would no, no, say. no. I'm saying. I'm sorry, Detroit Tiger. Oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look. I have no who idea. Could go to the game. I am not in baseball mode. Don't know off the top of mind. No, it's funny because when you said Aiden Hutchinson, I was like, "Oh my God, I know that name, but I I don't know what position he plays in baseball." <laughs> well, that's so I was confused too. I'll Jared. tell you who you bring out. Who just retired? Miguel Cabrera. Oh, he'd be awesome. That would be your guy. Uh, here's what I like to see, Jerry. Miguel Cabrera in between Eminem and uh, Bob Seger with Kid Rock behind There him. you go. I, and I would think that things like that are on the table. Like, you're going to pull out all the stops for this. So, And they do have a – I don't think it's a good chance, but there is a legit chance they have the championship game there because they're beating the Bucks. They are beating the Bucks. And then if the Packers go into Santa Clara and win – and they'll know because that game's Saturday night – like, think about this. If the Packers pulled off the upset of the Niners, can you? the tickets for that game might continue to go up. Absolutely. Because now, all of a sudden, you're a win away from hosting the NFC Championship game. That's right, Jerry. Against your hated division rival who embarrassed you on Thanksgiving. Right. So, very interesting awesome. storylines this weekend. I see that Tua's brother. Tua. Is his name Taulia? You tell me. You're reading it. <laughs> You know I can't read, Jerry. Taulia Tagovailoa. He plays for Maryland, I guess. Yes. He's uh, heading to the NFL draft because uh, the NCAA would not give him a sixth year of eligibility. This guy don't want to leave college. Al, Rutgers has played kids that are in their seventh year. What? They end Get up, a job. They get, uh, it is actually now. Um, they have their COVID year. And oh, then you can right. have a year or two of injury red shirts, and then you got to apply for these things. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we've Rutgers has played, I think, two players this year that were in year seven in college. Man, seven. 
Could graduate students play on uh, basketball and football teams? Yeah. They could. That's your fifth year. Yeah, yeah. A lot oh. of, there's a lot of graduate students on teams. Oh. Absolutely. Hmm. But yeah, I believe that you got to go somewhere else to do that. Let me ask you this. Do you think if... So this Tagavailoa brother mm-hmm. is now going to be... Get put himself in the draft. Will people think, hmm... His brother not so great in that playoff game. Yeah. We don't want any part of the brother. I don't. I don't know how he scouted. I've never seen him play. I didn't see a Maryland game. Ed, Eddie is he any good? He is. I is he like a first round pick good or is he a middle like a second third fourth? Oh, round not pick? a first rounder. Okay, in my opinion, is he lefty or righty? He's righty. Oh, but he um. All the concerns you would have about Tua, even more pronounced with his brother. Oh, that's oh. great. <laughs> but I. I believe in Tua. I think, you know, right. Listen, he's never going to win a game of zero degrees. No, but can he win a game 35 degrees? Yes. He's well, 35 well, degree and up kind of guy. Yeah. We've seen that before in the past. Yes. In the history of the NFL. Oh, my gosh. All those years I covered the Bucks. the Bucks, they never won a game until they won that game in Philadelphia the year they went to their first Super Bowl. Yeah. They hadn't won a game when it was like 32 or below. And that was also like the the, the Packers never lost at Lambeau when yes. it was like below 32. Now they do all the time. Um, but the First, Falcons were the ones that broke that seal. Remember that? Yes. First of all, they never lost at Lambeau. Then it was they never lost at Lambeau in a certain degree. Right. Now it's just like, you're right. Then you go into Lambeau and win. <laughs> is that when Vic destroyed Yeah, it was them? Michael Vic, yeah. And I think that was a primetime playoff game, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, it was like a Saturday night. Yeah, something like that. And he played great. Yeah. And beat him. He played some awesome games. Yes, he did. And then it went upside down. He only didn't do that, uh, you know, that nutty stuff with the dogs. Yes. Yeah, I, for, I forget he was on the, the Eagles. Yes. Right? The Jets. I, the Jets. I'm like, wow. Like, you just, you don't even think. I still think of him as a Falcon, and that's it. But then when he came back, he had, you know, he was bouncing around a little bit. When Al and I saw him, like, a Monday night game against the Redskins, we came in here. Like, he destroyed them for, for like, seeming like 600 yards like yeah how does how does this guy ever lose yeah it was unbelievable yeah, no, no. that he monday was, night game he was dynamic he was just launching bo- and that was a game he wasn't running all over the place if i recall he was just launching bombs yep he was a great player there's no question about it that guy rehabbed himself too yes you know i mean like he's on tv now he's on fox yeah there's certain people that will never forgive him oh well there's always going to be that but like i think that guy genuinely rehabbed and is a different person. I hope so. It yes. appears that way. Sure does, Jerry. All right, quick break. When we come back, we got more to do. And then we got Boomer and Geo at six right here on the fan. Hi, right, Green Day right here on a Wednesday morning. Nice to have you with us. we got lots going on, although really the Rangers played and won. The Islanders lost. And uh, Seton Hall had a 28 nothing run and beat St. John's. No Knicks, no Nets. What else? That's because Rick Pitino was out with the COVID, Jerry. That is not why. Seton Hall is good at home. Is that right? They are. Yeah, they They're are. They're 28-nothing run good. And it was a weird one because it was 14-nothing to end the first half and 14-nothing to begin the second half. Oh, man. Yeah, pretty crazy. Man, I would fire that coach, whoever was taking over for Rick Pitino. I w- Man's got COVID. You can't go out there and win a game. I wish I had Minko calls, but I only got Gary Cohen this morning. Gary Cohen still does those uh, Seton Hall yeah, games. He does. I saw Man, him. I would uh, take the whole. I would take the whole winter off if I was him. Just deal and with do the mess. What? I don't know. I mean, honestly, this is perfect. You get a couple games a week. He's got he's got five days off already. <laughs> you don't want to. You work two. You're off five. Sounds like a pretty good yeah, deal to me. Yeah, it does sound pretty good. And you still kind of stay in the mix and the flow. I think it's uh, it makes sense to me. I don't like to talk about other people's money, Jerry. But how much do you think Gary Cohen makes for doing the Mets? I don't know. 
<laughs> I have no Could you idea. ballpark it for us? Uh, I'm going to throw out a figure. You tell me if you think it's over or under. Okay. Just on your, what you think, and I'm yes. going to throw out a number that I think. All right. I think to do 162 Met games, and I know he gets some weeks He probably off. does about 150. I'm going to say he makes over under 300,000. Way over. Way over? Yeah. Holy smokes. I ballpark it in the seven to 800,000 range. What? I would. It's oh, Gary my gosh. Cohen. I would He's take been around the, forever. I would take the entire time. I would never do a Seton Hall game if Again, I was making 700. And do what with your time? I know you like doing nothing, <laughs> but even you get up every morning and come to work. This is what I would do with my time, Jerry. Hmm, how's my 700000 a year going? Let me take a look. If that's what it is, me, you don't know. <laughs> let me check my Fidelity account today. Yep, still there. $100,000, Down 32%. <laughs> I better get to go to, I better get to a Seton Hall game. I am I really, if I shut my eyes and wow. get an inside look at what you do every Saturday morning with your 401k. <laughs> let me see how it's going this week. <laughs> Holy cow. Hmm, okay, so if he's making seven, If, if. Then Seton Hall. Okay, let me try to ballpark. But what do you think that. Michael K makes for yes? I would think right around the same. Wow. No? I guess. You would know, Jerry. You're in the I broadcasting don't, I, I business. I don't know. I'm taking a guess here. I don't know. Mm. I honestly have no idea. But that would be what I would think. Man. But here's the weird thing. Yeah. Okay. So I see the Nets, not mm-hmm. Mets, the basketball team, the Nets. Yes. Their ratings uh, for, not good. for yes. Are not good, but no. even when they were good, they don't... Still look. not good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So it says, and this is shocking to me, that the average Nets game has 43,000 people watching it. That is a low number. That is crazy. No, it? it's not. It's it's. I ain't Eagle out there wasting his time. He's not wasting his time. He's getting paid $700,000 a year. <laughs> Another guy. I need one of these... TV basketball jobs, Jerry. Uh, yeah, well, much is starting again by watching basketball. <laughs> again, step one. Yeah, that number did surprise me. I, listen, yeah. they're not the Knicks. I know they're not the Knicks. They're never going to be the Knicks. But I thought with Durant and Irving, the problem is they never played together. Um, but Kevin, but Durant did play a lot. And can you think of any other market? Where you would get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and it really wouldn't make a not much. I don't say it didn't make a dent because there no. are Durant and Irving jerseys on kids all over the tri-state area, and I only know it from watching my son going from you know tournament to tournament and seeing all these kids and practices. The net jerseys, not right now, but over the last couple of years, far surpassed the Nick jerseys I saw. It just it was Durant, it was Irving, not much Harden, but Durant for sure was a huge seller, or at least by the from what I saw from the kids wearing it. Now you still see them, but I don't see any Bridges jerseys. And he's a great player. He really is. There's like, there's no buzz to them. But my original point is, can you think of anywhere else in the country where you would get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and you wouldn't even come close to overtaking the other team in town? Yeah, that's very, it's a very strange situation with the Nets. Like here would be one. What are the, how are the Clippers perceived in LA with the Lakers there? I, I don't know. I know Steve Ballmer is a huge personality. They got a new building going up. He's got some interesting ideas for the building with his fans. Um, Are they, I'm sure they're a second-class citizen, but how far down the rung are they? Uh, That would be, I guess, the only real comparison, right? Yeah, and I think what gets confusing when you look at audiences, TV audiences, is we we keep hearing about NFL audiences, right? So you'll hear, uh, you know, the, the... 
Packers game did 27 million people, right? I think the Cowboy-Packer game did over 40. Yes. Cowboys-Packers yeah. did over 40 million people. So then when you hear about the Nets make having 43,000. Yeah. But the reality is, like, the Mets and Yankees, they don't. They're no, their numbers aren't great either. In the 200,000s yeah. per game? Right. And like, that's, what do the Knicks do? Right, I don't know. I, I, I would do the Knicks compare to what the Mets and, and I don't want to hear the whole whether well, there's more games. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's still an average number. Yeah, average number. I would love to know where the Knicks compare to the Mets and Yankees, and then where the Rangers compare because the Rangers fan base is crazy. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I wouldn't want to see those numbers. Forty three is a low number. Forty three thousand people watching a game on Yes is a very low number. That's yes. That's almost like my unplug the cameras. <laughs> That's crazy. It said when they had the big three. They had seventy eight thousand, right? Which to me isn't a great number no, either. That's, that's what I'm still saying. A bad number. It's not great. But again, I don't know what the Nick number is. Is the Nick number one hundred and ten? Then all of a sudden, to me, that's not a terrible number because if the Nets, who never compared to the Knicks, even when Kidd and Carter and Jefferson um, and Kenyon Martin were here, they were better than the Knicks and they beat up on the Knicks, but they were in Jersey and it still never got to where it needed to get to. If the Nick number is 110 and the Nets had gotten near 80, to me that showed they were closing the gap. But if the Nick number is 200, then they never made a dent. Yeah, and I think the number for like Mets and Yankees, when they have a really good big game, sure, I think it could get up to 300,000. Because I remember there was a time a year or two ago, I remember when Craig was on with Evan in the afternoon, and they would sometimes, do, like they would put out, a press release if they had like 300,000 people watching a game. Okay. You know, if it was like uh, 300,000 people watch the Johan Santana no hitter or right. something. But an average game, you know, in the middle of the season, mm, mm. yeah. It's not as many people as you think watching. All right. So here's a story from February of last year. All right. The headline is Nets on Yes keeps setting ratings records, but Knicks on MSG maintain their lead. Ooh. So the question would be then, like I hate when they many? just give like a a percentage, like a, a two share, or whatever. I like a, I like hearing numbers, right? How many people? How many eyeballs is watching? All right. So this the best number I have here is the Knicks in twenty 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 nineteen twenty. I guess prior to the pandemic, were averaging one hundred and fifty thousand viewers. Mm. I would think that number is bigger now. I would think they're a better team, more exciting. Jalen Brunson, but who knows? I. Not sure. I don't. Yeah, who knows? And then yeah. you also wonder, like, okay, if people have cut the cord, as they say, and like MSG is only available on one of the streaming things, right? Uh, I don't know. I get it on on um, on, on Directv Stream. Yeah. How about this one? In 2016-17, the first year of Sean Marks' rebuild, the Nets were drawing approximately twenty five thousand viewers on average per game. <laughs> so, was that possible? Hmm. Though, well, I know they weren't a very good. bad number. <laughs> that is an awful number. I love the Nets, but come on. But they'll still fill the place up, right? Um, right now they do well. I don't think they sell out every game. Yeah, but they do get a good number. But yes. it doesn't look empty. No, no, not at all. Oh, no, 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 no. They have they have people in the building. It's not like you're getting four thousand. You know, in a nineteen thousand seat arena, they probably do. I, I can look at it during the break. I bet you they do between fourteen and sixteen thousand every game. I would say Evan would know better. He's there most games, even still. He still goes to all of them. With his big red beard? Yes, he's also a Knicks season ticket holder. 
and the Mets. I mean, this guy. I'd like to take a look at his books as well, Jerry. I understand. <laughs> well, what Evan. do you think Evan's making? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's stop there now. <laughs> we'll take a break. I might give you a guess in the break if you like. <laughs> uh, but that's another one. I have no idea. More or less than Gary Cohen. I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, this Gary Cohen's probably riding around in a limousine. How come you're not asking about Tiki? He's a limousine riding. Or Boomer. Good questions, Jerry. Yeah, good question. We'll All right, real quick. That. So the leading attendance getter in the NBA are the Mavericks. Okay, the Mavericks draw 20,000 a game. Now the Knicks are right there. Their building doesn't hold 20,000. Okay. So they basically sell out every single game. The Nets are 20th in the league, average home attendance of 17,000. That's, that's not good awful. to me. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, no, that's so, very respectable. Ain't great, but it's not that is not a bad it's not a humiliating number whatsoever. Yeah. And they're very close. I said they were 20th. Literally, there are hundreds of fans away from being in the top 15. So it's not bad. Yeah, that's not terrible. Mm-mm. All right, quick break. When we come back, we got more to do. We'll wrap it up. Boomer and Geo coming up next right now on Odyssey Sports Minute. Amy Lawrence brought to you by Jackpocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone with Todd Bowles. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Now we got a minute to go. Lots of good stuff this morning. What else, Al? Jerry, not far from uh, WFAN Studios where we sit today. Jerry, Tom Brady had dinner with uh, that Arena Shake uh, gal again. Okay. Uh, at a, a French restaurant called Brasserie Fouquet or something like that. Can you take Gina there next weekend? No, no that's no. going to be pricey. What can he order at a French restaurant? I've never been to one. Don't know. Duck. No, but like, what is he? Is he so specific with what he eats? That I don't can't know. Be... Yeah, but remember when all that stuff came out? Even his teammates would say, even he ate pizza once in a while. You let yourself go on a Friday night. So you think he's not going like, oh, can you cook this in a certain oil? I don't know. I do not know. I think he goes to the restaurant and he eats what the restaurant has. That's what I think. But do you remember when A Rod was was eating like particular foods? There were stories of him going to restaurants, bringing his own food for them to, like, to cook? heat up for wow. him so that he could enjoy. And you're telling me chefs won't make a steak the way I want it? They're going to do that? <laughs> they will not make it well done if you want it, Jerry. That's a bit. Although he's found his soulmate now. He's got this fitness instructor. Oh, yeah. They are like two peas in a pod. Absolutely. Yeah, they're doing all right. They work out together. Yep. They eat clean together. They sure do, Oh, he eats some crap. A-Rod does? Yeah, there was WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.